0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Geek Offensive Podcast. On this episode, I have part two of Impact Wrestling's Media Day, just in time for their debut on Access TV on October 29th. Uh, this is the second half of the media day I did with Impact earlier this month, and on this episode, I have a roundtable interview with Scott Demore, one-on-one time with Johnny Swinger, and another one-on-one with Josh Matthews. Um, learned a lot from these guys. It was real fun to, to talk to all of them, and especially since because all of them have been around so long in the business and have been through multiple eras. So, uh, real fascinating stuff from them. And, uh, you know, a lot of what they said makes me real optimistic for Impact's future. So, uh, yeah, we'll get to that um, soon. Let me just get these plugs out of the way and then we'll jump into the episode. Um, you can find me on social media, on especially, particularly on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on Instagram at Justin Malari and on Twitter at Justin underscore Malari. And the Geek Offensive has its own social media as well with the handle at Geek Offensive. Uh, this show is brought to you by the Geek Say What Network, so big thank you to the network for providing a platform for us, uh, and, it's, and thank you to its owner, JPG. He makes me say thank you, so fuck that guy. Um, <laughs> we have a, a plethora of... of podcasts available on the network also. Um, So please check out uh, the following, uh, which are all available on Apple and Google Podcasts and ready for download just pretty much on every platform you can think of for podcasting. Uh, First up, we have our starting line to Geek Culture, Ready, Set, Geek, uh, hosted by Alex Catherine. We have our weekly trivia podcast, Geek KO, hosted by Justin Madriaga. And then we have uh, our... Actual Play RPG Podcast, Nerds on a Roll, hosted by uh, Rob Segara, Lauren Peterson, and their whole crew. And then we have DGIF, Diverse Geeks in Focus, hosted by Gemma Vidal, putting a lens on marginalized issues within the geek community. And uh, don't forget our our fully wrestling dedicated podcast. I know it's been a lot of wrestling on the show this month, but this one, go to the show for more of this. We're... Um, Kind of it's our, it's our own little spin-off from Geek Offensive. Pencil Net Geeks, hosted by Berto Ponce and Elaine Delallis, tagging in your inner wrestling geek. Um and then next shout out goes to our social producers, Wayland Productions, for normally providing the space. This one was done remotely at Access Studios in Los Angeles. But normally they provide the the equipment, the space, they help us sound great. Um <clears throat> make sure to follow them at Wayland.ws and follow their next audio drama, Wear Live Gold Rush on Apple and google podcasts Uh, next up we have uh, or uh, rather our last shout out goes to our apparel sponsor JordanDene.com. that's jordan d-e-n-e.com uh they're a geek apparel store out of brooklyn new york they're eco-friendly and they help you look nerdy and if you shop with the promo code geek say what you get 20 percent off your next purchase so buy a shirt you heathens and that's it folks uh enjoy the second half of the impact media day uh don't forget to rate comment and subscribe to join the offensive cue my music Hi, everyone. So first up, we've got my uh, roundtable interview with Scott Damore. He is the current co-executive vice president of Impact Wrestling. Uh, It's him and Don Callis running everything. Um, I got to sit down with him at Impact's Media Day for a roundtable interview. Um, So there were a few other... Reporters there with me, so um, I'm going to include Scott's answers to those questions. And uh, for the questions that I couldn't pick up on my mic, I'll just uh, clear it up for you right before he answers it. And uh, you'll hear my voice ask the question separately. Um, But yeah, without further ado, here's my interview with Scott Demore.
1: You know, Anthem, which you know has Len Asper as our leader. Really uh, is supportive and uh, engaged, but it's also like Anthem almost kind of knows part of what you need to do in business is if you're going to have your tentacles into multiple different aspects of business, like we're not all in the same genre, right? We have combat sports, we have game TV, we have movies. <clears throat> um, Anthem kind of knows that each division kind of needs that they need to pick and formulate a management team and then kind of leave that management team to, to do what they need to do to run that division and I think Anthem has a great culture where there's, uh, it's very linear there's no hierarchy of you know this person you know is above this person or anything else but it's also there's a good division of roles and that was something that was important to myself and Don Callis coming in is that you know having had some of these experience i had, had here in the past wanted to know we weren't going to get part way through um a plan and then have the rug pulled out from under us and uh anthem sports has been very supportive and uh, and engaged but also giving us the freedom to go out there and execute what we need to execute
0: mm-hmm. yeah so i've always been curious about how much power networks have on your show so uh, I mean, the show's debuting on the twenty ninth. How has it been working with them, and how's it been? Has it been on your creative process?
1: I mean, I think it's been great. Access has been a very engaged partner. Um, obviously, you know, us acquiring a controlling interest in Access helps that along. Yeah. But the uh, the people here at Access TV are good. They have a strong track record of, of, uh, of great performance. They know what they're doing in their jobs. I mm-hmm. think just like I said, it was important that, uh, that Anthem Sports was, was willing to let Myself and Don come in and do what we need to do from a wrestling perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also important that we work collaboratively with the Access TV people, but we don't tell them how to do their job. And right. one of the great things is rather quickly it got to a point where the people here at Access were comfortable telling us what their real thoughts were, whether we were going to agree with them or not. And we've been grown very comfortable telling them what our thoughts are and then sitting down and working out what's best for the common good. So it's been a great experience. So far here.
0: Oh shoot! When you and uh, Don came on, like, what was the the direction you wanted to go in? Because I know you had previous experience with Impact beforehand, but what was was the direction you wanted to go in for this round?
1: I mean, something that was important to us was at the time we think that um the company's issues a lot of it were related to a, a lack of leadership and a lack of direction more so than leadership yeah. um, and it was nobody really knew exactly where the pro they wanted the product to go or what for it to be We've tried to focus on on a few things like it was key to us to get out of the the sound stage in Universal Studio and get back out to wrestling fans because the company had grown to a point where it hadn't sold a ticket to a wrestling event in years and part of the experience of a wrestling fan, is going to those shows, you know. To me, we all—I always say that uh, TNA wrestling had millions of viewers and not enough fans. Because there was people that were willing to watch it, flip the channel, pay attention maybe while it's on TV, but nobody had an investment in the product. Mm-hmm. An investment comes in a lot of ways. Investment can be the emotional investment that we all get in a television show or a sports team or something we're passionate about. Um, and it's also a financial investment. If I buy a ticket to go watch the Toronto Blue Jays, I'm invested in the Toronto Blue Jays financially. Yeah. Now, I've invested in the return that I hope to get is my enjoyment for my... For my uh, For my passion of following them, but I'm invested emotionally and financially in going out there and taking wrestling back out on the road to wrestling fans was going to allow us to start developing that relationship with fans again. Because remember, fan is short for fanatic, because fans are passionate and fanatical about the products that they support. And we wanted to go out there and build a relationship with fans, and we wanted to rebuild trust. Trust had been lost in this company, between the company and the fans, because they had been, fans had been cheated and screwed over so many times. And we knew it wasn't like, hey, let's go out there, let's have a great uh, redemption pay-per-view, and everything's going to be fine. We knew people were going to say, oh, you know what? That was a great show. They're going to screw us next time, though. um, And we had to keep going out every day, every week, every show and going out there and showing wrestling fans that when we say we're going to do something, we're going to deliver it. Mm -hmm. And we're going to consistently deliver a compelling, interesting product. And we're also going to, as I said, deliver on our promises. And that's something that was important to us.
0: PWI comments on the availability of Impact and TNA in the past. Uh, previously, the company was on pop and the channel was hard to find. So here's Scott's comments on that.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, th- I, th- I, th- <laughs> I, I think that some of the struggles broadcast wise, if you look for a silver lining is probably would have led to the uh, the unbelievable digital growth we've seen for impact wrestling. When you look at our digital numbers, whether it be on on YouTube or our Twitter or our Instagram, um like our reach in the digital market is huge. I mean, it's second only to WWE and we far outdistance any other wrestling company uh behind us. Mm-hmm. So, we have that great digital reach where where fans are able to find us and follow us online, but to really have that connection and really you know, form a relationship. You got to get people watching the weekly product week in and week out, and uh, think that the move to uh, to access TV is now going to to make huge steps. After years and years of it going from a bigger platform to a smaller platform to a smaller platform, we're now jumping back up to a much bigger platform. That's huge, and uh, getting out there and like you said, on a platform now where it's accessible to people both financially and just pure access to it no pun intended is uh, is going to allow more fans now to get out there and follow and get engaged in what we feel is one of the m- most dynamic and uh, entertaining wrestling products ever.
0: Yeah and I'm guessing that kind of went into being on Twitch and reaching that new audience.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we wanted to go out there and wanted to provide uh, as many different ways for people to watch the product. And I know it's been a frustrating experience. For, for, for fans that are invested, it's been a very frustrating ride. Mm-hmm. And we knew uh, at the end of 2018, uh, when, when we made the decision and we knew we were leaving pop. See, we knew where we were going and mm-hmm. what the future held. But there was an uncertainty there to somebody who had been following a product. And when you've been cheated on so many times, you, you, you're not going to trust somebody, right? Right? you've been let down you've been you've you've been disappointed by somebody who's failed to deliver on a promise so many times we kind of knew that us saying you know hey guys this is going to be good just trust us like we have a plan we knew that the response is going to be they don't have any plan like they're going on pursuit tv um you know, uh, it was really a holding pattern until we get to where we are today now and where we're going to be, you know, October 29th with the premiere of uh, Impact on Access. So, having this announcement made and now getting here, it kind of, to me, I hope, reaffirms to those people we did have a plan took a little longer maybe than Course, yeah. than ultimately we hoped but we're here um, you know and as the fall season starts impact wrestling is now on a major platform on access TV to get out to the masses
0: Osvaldo asked if they are ready for a bigger audience and if going PG was part of the plan
1: no I mean I, I, I think we're uh, we're TV 14 WWE can be PG, and uh, you know, not knocking them because you know they're the 600-pound gorilla in the industry, mm-hmm. um, and it works for them. But we're not a PG product. We're TV. We're TV 14. We're a little more edgy. We're we're a little more risque. We try to keep it in uh, in in check and in balance to where it still can be a product that can be enjoyed across you know many different uh, age groups. But we don't want to be a PG product. We want to be. We think to be the most compelling, dynamic product. We got to push the envelope just a little bit, and you've seen that, like uh, with the stuff we did. We try to go out there and do things that aren't being done in wrestling. When you look at the the Undead Realm and the stuff that we did in the Undead Realm, now, hey, as a guy who grew up, uh, you know, under the tutelage of you know Jody Hamilton and guys like that, mm-hmm. something like that, very foreign to me. But there's an there's an audience out there that really enjoyed it, and there's a whole different set of rules when you're when you're dealing in a a uh, situation like that, right? It's no longer just straight old fashioned pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. And we got to go out there and deliver some real compelling stuff. And, like, to me, as we sat there and as we did uh, the culmination of the Undead Realm was the death scene of Ali, I think we did some really cool stuff out there and uh, provided an emotional experience for fans. Um, So whether it's stuff like that or whether it's taking Eddie Edwards, who has always been considered one of the very best professional wrestlers in the world, but a guy who maybe... Was somewhat lacking character development-wise. Great wrestler, but who was Eddie Edwards other than, you know, a guy who had like uh, wolf scratches across his chest? Of course. To to take him and turn him into this uh, little bit of a crazy, uh, unstable type character, we think it was completely rejuvenated him. Mm-hmm. You take a look right now at a guy like Ace Austin. He was a guy who even six six eight months ago was a was a great young talent, but there was no depth to him. And the stuff we're doing with him, getting him to come out of his shell, we're now getting him into a storyline getting him getting depth of character now you're starting to see some aspects of his personality which we think will allow um fans to be able to to have a connection with him now with a guy like him with his character it might be a negative connection um but that's great because then they're going to want to see one of the heroes give a sauce and his comeuppance <laughs>
0: Pro Wrestling Insider comments on how it's not just about the TV rating, it's all that it just has to be good, cites the uh, Rusev Cuckold angle, Um, whether or not that was on uh, TV PG or TV 14, the angle is just bad.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think you touched on a couple things there. I mean, I, I think we have to always look for the most intriguing ways to tell stories. A lot of the story, ultimately, that we're telling is the same story. It's uh, man versus man, woman versus woman, and in this day, maybe man versus woman in our environment. But it's a it's a contest. It's a com- it's a competitive athletic event. But you you got to look at different ways of telling that story. It's no different than the majority of movies are telling the same stories over and over again. Yeah, it's, about, yeah. it's about it's about the nuance of it, and the and the roads you take, and and the path you take, and how you craft that story, that make a good movie or a bad movie, um, you know. And I I haven't seen the uh, the Rusev stuff yet, but I, like to me, that just goes back to uh, one of the things that this company has 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 been strong with for many many years. This goes back to when I was here the first time. Is uh, we feel strongly about portraying uh, female athletes as strong, powerful. Uh, female athletes what they really are. They're not second-class citizens. They're not. Uh, they're not dressing to the main course Which is the men they're on equal footing and uh, there's many nights where the women go out there and steal the show both in the ring And with their non wrestling performances Osvaldo
0: comments on impact calling the female wrestlers knockouts uh, Would they change it to calling them just women or are they gonna stick with the name knockouts?
1: Yeah, and if you if you look at it, um, like when the knockouts formed, it formed because most wrestling organizations didn't let women wrestle at all, mm-hmm. and the ones that did, and the leader in our industry, had them doing pillow fights or wrestling in mud um, and fighting over who was going to have the honor of being able to have you know storyline you know relations with a sixty five year old man. You know, that, that is, is total disrespect. The knockout started because we had a young, powerful, hungry group of uh, female talent. It was obviously Gail Kim. Who was the leader it was Tracy Brooks it was Miss Jackie Um, we had a great group of women who were hungry and wanted an opportunity and as we started to give them little opportunities we saw the passion that they had and the talent that they had and then we knew that there was something there that needed to be displayed because it was being ignored and it had been ignored for far too long and even when women did have wrestling matches they were treated as a side attraction or whatever Mm -hmm. so the knockouts you know formed because they had divas there we didn't have divas we had knockouts. Our knockouts pack a punch. Our knockouts deliver the goods. Our knockouts are female athletes and they can go with the very best in this industry. And having Gail Kim, our Hall of Famer, who's been the cornerstone of that division since day one, and whether it's Awesome Kong or whether it's ODB, you know, or whether it's, you know, Taryn Terrell our division has always featured uh strong, powerful women. We don't we don't cram them all into one look. We don't make them all cookie cutter clean. We have diversity. We have we have you know wonderful strong role models, we have evil women because you can't tell your stories without having both sides of the coin, the yin and the yang, right? As Dutch man tell, who I learned a lot from when it comes to booking wrestling. You can't have a dragon slayer if you don't have any dragons. Mm-hmm. So we've approached female wrestling, no different than we approached male wrestling. Here's awesome some Kong, here's your dragon, and now that you've made your dragon, now you can build your dragon slayer And Gail Kim, and that's the approach we took from day one, and uh, it's worked, and it's worked because the women are talented, the women are hardworking, and the women are passionate, and if you look at the group we have right now, whether it's, you know, once in a you know lifetime type of performer like Tessa Blanchard, or whether it's Taya Valkyrie, who's an unbelievable performer, or whether it's, you look at the development of Kira Hogan over the last, mm-hmm. you know, six months to a year, when... We knew when we brought in Kira Hogan, she was going to be amazing because all the tools were there. But then part of it is just providing a platform and that support and that nurturing to help that talent come along. And you look at Kira Hogan now, both in the ring and outside of it, she's as well-rounded a performer as anybody, regardless of gender in this industry.
0: Okay, so what is uh, what is it about, um, so with the example of Kira Hogan, when you're looking at talent, like what is it about them that you go like we want, we want to work with that person. We can do this with them. Like what what sticks out
1: to you? Uh, Kira Ke- Hogan, uh, we first saw I first saw because was looking was looking up stuff on uh, Alicia Edwards, mm-hmm. and I saw Kira Hogan. It was her opponent, and then somebody else sent something, and it was Kira Hogan, and she just. She has a presence on screen. Um, You know, there's an inherent quality to her. When Kira Hogan's in a room, your eyes turn to her. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you could see that she had all the skills to be a professional wrestler, Uh, a very good professional wrestler. And I've spent a lot of years working with talent uh, on the development side as a coach and a trainer. And when I look at an athlete like Kira Hogan, like when I first saw her, was like I was like, there's a star. Like it, it's not, it's not, it hasn't all came together yet. Mm-hmm. But you've got all the ingredients to make that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knew that if we put her out there and she got a, pre- a chance to perform every day. And one of the big things is, you know, if you're going to develop talent, you have to you have to let them go out there. You have to let you have to let them compete and perform. And then you have to evaluate and provide some uh, some feedback on what they're doing and I just knew if we got an athlete like Kira Hogan in, in, into the system and part of the team and working with us on a regular basis that she was going to go out there she was going to develop and then what all we had to do was just like like nurture her in the right directions on some of her stuff it's a combination of learning what to do uh, and when to do it and then it's also a combination of having the confidence and the fact was and you see it in a lot of other companies something doesn't go right and they, they make an abrupt decision to run away from something mm-hmm. you know what if if you're dealing with developing talent, there's going to be times that a that a segment or a match or something doesn't go exactly how you want and one of the key things is how do you deal with it after that fact? And right. One of the most important things is whether you're nurturing a child or bringing along an athlete or a performer is that they've got to know when they make mistakes, it's okay. We're going to yeah. fix it and we're going to keep going because you're talented, you're valuable, and uh, we're all going to work on this together. Right. And uh, I think that, you know, Kira is just finding herself as a performer and as an individual, and uh, we're excited to have her for a long time to come as a key part of uh, our product.
0: Pro Wrestling Insider then follows up with a question about collaborating with Women of Wrestling, which is also on the Access TV network.
1: Look, I mean, something that we've been very uh, consistent in touting since uh, we came on board is stronger together. And we're, we think that collaboration works well for everybody when it's done right. Mm-hmm. Like I said, whether it's AAA on the highest level or whether it's an o- OVW or Pro Wrestling Revolve or whatever else, working together uh, can benefit both companies and most importantly can benefit the fans. And uh, we're certainly open to collaboration with anybody. WoW's is a great product. They air on our network. Um... And day 1 before they even before they even launched their show they approached us they were interested in having some of our talent our contracted oh, wow. talent okay. perform on their events and we had a discussion about it and our thing was historically in wrestling if another wrestling company came and said hey we'd like to use some of your talent on our tv show no 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 this is our talent right. you can't have our talent part of our thing was you know what if there's going to be a, a, a an engaging entertaining product out there that's different than ours then then what's the downside to some of our competitors and athletes being featured on that platform as well. So we were open to it. We worked out a a deal to allow our talent to appear there. And, uh, you know, WOW has been a... Been a uh, a part of the lineup here on Axis TV. Now it's in season two, and and uh, we're open to basically anything if it uh, if it works for both promotions and it's compelling for the fans, then that's a win win win. Yeah. yeah. Has yeah. there been talk with New
0: Japan about anything, or
1: you know, again, we remain open, and there's lots of factors in play. Of course. Uh, you know, you look at it. Don has as has off and on continued to call the shows over an extended period of time. Uh, I go back 15 years with Tiger Hatori. who's was one of the key members talked to him the other day to wish him a happy <laughs> retirement um i still don't believe he's actually going to retire because he's been retiring for four years and it was like yeah i, I just retired in new york yeah oh, retirement in oh, wrestling oh you retired in new york <laughs> yes yeah, so, oh what are you do next oh i go to mexico next month for a retirement show oh oh and next year uh gonna do cork and hall oh yeah okay tiger's <laughs> got tiger's got to be close to 70 yeah you know um but i mean he's a legend um but, you know, we remain open. And, you know, with us both airing on Access TV, if there's a situation that uh, makes sense, we always remain open to, to working together and finding a way that uh, produces a situation where the fans get to see something different and compelling. There hasn't been enough of that in wrestling yeah. over the years.
0: Pro Wrestling Insider comments on the lack of collaboration between companies. Um, WWE just never... Had the hasn't had the habit of that in a while, and he felt like it was a huge dropped ball. And here's Scott's comments on that,
1: yeah. And and I mean, if you look at it like you you bring up Jericho's name, and last year for the Jericho cruise, uh, Chris had already had his arrangements with Ring of Honor. Uh, Then he came to me and Don and said, We'd like to have you know, like to have impact as part of the cruise. So we thought about it and kind of figured a way that was fun, and uh, you know. We worked out a just a kind of a fun little series. wasn't a wasn't you know Ring of Honor versus Impact for global domination. It was just a chance to get the Bullet Club and the the, the Ring of Honor guys and the Impact guys on the same stage, and just the fans were so excited about watching. You know, you never get to see this type of crossover yeah. promotion, and you know, Chris said right away, dude. As soon as we announced the Impact uh, involvement, um, you know, it's like the buzz picked up all over again, and you know, we're not sitting here saying, oh, it picked up, oh, just because we're there. Part of the aspect of why all of a sudden Cabin started selling when that happened is because people, for the first time ever, really, were going to see Ring of Honor athletes and, and, and Impact athletes in the same ring. It's so just clearly people that are calling for that type of crossover.
0: Yeah, I think people are so quick to make a war and put companies against each other. Right. I think people kind of forget, like, no, if all the companies are doing well, that's better for the marketplace. Uh, I mean, what do you have anything to say to those fans who are quick to kind of like have everyone take each other out.
1: I mean, look. I think in our society, we're always looking for uh, for conflict, and that's uh, that's juicy gossip and a, and a juicy story. But I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, our approach has always been um, we're gonna we're gonna take care of our business, and uh, we're open to stuff with other people. But we're not gonna get bogged down into fighting us versus them. We're gonna put out the best product we can. If there's opportunities to work together with somebody, we're gonna explore them. And if there's not, we'll just stay in our own lane. Because mm-hmm. the fact is, uh, you know. And WWE is the, as I said, the 600 pound gorilla in this industry. Um, McDonald's is the number one fast food restaurant in the entire world. But that doesn't mean that Burger King or anybody else is going to turn around and, and not um
0: uh,
1: Well, they're up there. It's billions and billions sold. Yeah, yeah. Their sign says it. Yeah. Let's Google it. But no, I mean, the real, the real point is, guys, that uh, you don't you don't have to take down somebody else to build up your own business. Mm-hmm. You know, there's lots of room in the marketplace for different products. The product that we're putting out there, we feel, is very different than what other companies are putting out there. We think that the, the uh, type of storytelling that we're doing isn't being told. Uh, Other places and that's why we're moving in that direction and we're we think we put out week in and week out a compelling product that is uh, Is worth investing in and we're excited that as we've seen with the recent announcement of bound for glory fans are starting to say Yeah, I want to invest in that product.
0: Yeah PWI comments on the Tessa Blanchard-Sammy Callahan feud and its overall quality uh, And how frustrating it must have been for impact to have such a great quality of uh, Feud and have it be hard to find in, you know their previous platforms and here's Scott's comments on that
1: Yeah, and I mean that was that was one of the things is we talked a lot over the last uh, many months really over 2019 there's always the question was Man, this is this is going to be really cool. You know. Do we wait to do this? You know, do mm. we wait until what's coming? And ultimately we decided that in this industry when people have so many choices regardless of where we were as far as for what platform we were on we had to take the approach of going out there week in and week out and putting on the very best event that we could put on so if we had an idea that we thought was a great compelling match whether it be an athletic match or whether it be a storyline or whether ideally like with Sammy and Tessa it's a combination of the two we're not going to sit back and hold that back because there's no holding things back we're going to do that right now and then if we can't come out with something equally as good six months from now once, you know, everything happens and now that we're on access, well then shame on us. Right. Because our job as a company is to go out there and to find ways to tell com- com- uh, compelling dynamic stories week in and week out year after year and if you're going to be successful in this industry, that's what you have to do. So we'll just keep evolving and coming up with different things and we're coming up with uh, different ways and tweaks on stories to continue to keep people engaged and interested.
0: Wow. Uh, Another question was asked, will Impact continue to collab with these smaller indie companies?
1: Yeah, we we've found that going around and doing some of these crow branded events, which is really initiative we started with our Twitch stuff, has been a great experience for us to go out there. Been an opportunity to get to meet and know a lot of the people in the independent wrestling scene, been a great chance to see talent. Cause it's one thing to to look at a talent on a link, you know, watch it on your phone or your laptop or whatever. It's completely another thing to go out there and see them in person, you know, in a in a venue and in an intimate venue in a lot of these settings. So we think those have been very successful. They've been very well received and uh, you know, like as you mentioned championship wrestling from uh, from Hollywood Not only is it somebody that we've co-promoted live events with uh, But it's also somebody that that airs on impact plus and on fight network So we're always looking for dynamic content that we can we can integrate not just with impact wrestling But across different anthem uh, properties
0: Osvaldo asks who is the straight-up best person on the roster?
1: I don't want to say this too loud cuz he's over there but to me Sammy Callahan is a <laughs> pretty damn uh engaging uh mouthpiece. Yeah,
2: he just he let us know how got of an interview. <laughs> he, <he's>, yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I, I I think that at times, and me and Don joke about this. The two of us as guys that were promo guys. We can be very hard mm-hmm. on uh, on performances when it comes to to going out there and delivering on a promo. And Sammy is has really found himself. I mean, he's he's uh, he knows who he is as a character. He's got that amazing, unique voice, and uh, he's able to display a ro- a wide range of emotions. Right? Like, there's obviously normal Sammy, is militant, angry Sammy, but he's been able to show scared sammy he's been able to to, to to show like upset or sad sammy like he's he's able to display emotion in a way that a lot of uh performers in this industry really quite haven't grasped yet
0: okay so how receptive are you when a talent has like an idea like that like what i mean how much i mean it's obviously collaboration but how much what, what's the mix there to come to what gets on screen
1: i mean all Ultimately, you know, we as a group, as a company, have to decide what direction we're going in and what the, what the, uh, the structure and that's going to be. But we try to as much as possible be be open to hearing ideas and having input because just like we want the fans to be invested in the product, we want the performers to be invested in what we're doing. And I think one of the reasons why we have such a locker room that's banded together is because, you know, the lines are somewhat blurred between like there's no one it's not, hey, I'm in the main event and this guy's in the opener. We're all here as part of Impact Wrestling. There's There's no, hey, here's Jimmy Jacobs, you know, he's a producer-writer, and here's Scott Demore. and then, you know, hey, we're talent, so we're separate. No, we're all together. We're all working to put out the best product, and uh, Ed Nordholm has a line that he uses often, no pride in ownership, Mm -hmm. and where that idea comes from, whether it's a, a, look, talent often comes up with great ideas for themselves, and then there's a lot of situations where we've had talent say, hey, I had an idea for this person, and if it's a good idea, guys, it's a good idea, so... Doesn't matter where it comes from. We've had everything like we, we used an idea earlier this year from one of our ring crew guys. Oh, like wow. if there's if there's a good idea, it's a good idea, you know. And uh, when it's good, everybody says, "Man, Impact did a great job." You know, maybe sometimes when it's bad, they pick on me and Don too much. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But it, you know, it probably like me and Don probably get too much credit when things go good at times, and we probably get too much blame on something that at times that that uh, you know sometimes we didn't have that big an involvement in that aspect of things but that that's that's part of uh of running the company and we're and we're fine with that because the key is everybody around here knows how much everybody contributes mm-hmm. and uh knows that as a group we go out there and tackle things as a team and that's that's one of the nicest things i've seen about this uh this time with impact wrestling right now is that there's there's everybody rowing the boat in the same direction
2: does team canada feel like a hundred years ago now
1: (laughs) yeah in a a lot in a lot of ways uh it does you know there's still there's still once in a while there's a moment where it's like god i can't believe it's been that long but in general it's uh it's a lifetime away and uh you know I, i have to remind myself at times you know that Petey williams isn't a waiter at applebee's that you know, breaking into the wrestling business. He's a, he's an, he's an adult. He's uh, he's got a, he's got a wife and kids and a, and a family and responsibilities. And it's, uh, it's, it's crazy how, how much time flies. Um, but you know what? It was a, it was a great period I think for, for all of us. And it's something that we treasure because I think uh, Team Canada was a smaller version of what Impact Wrestling is right now. Because I always say, like, people, why was Team Canada? Because we were a team. Yeah. We traveled together. We wore those Team Canada jackets around. Um, You know, we picked each other up. We helped each other out. And certainly, if you had a problem with Eric Young, you had a problem with Bobby Bobby Roode. You had a problem with Petey Williams. You had a problem with me. You had a problem with A1. Like, that's how it worked. You know, we were together, and we had each other's backs. And uh, still do to this day. I was just in Nashville uh, chatting with Ewan. I, me and uh, Be Rude keeping regular contact, and you know, P. D. is about as closest thing I have to a son in this world. So, um, we're a good group, and we had we had great times, and are very proud of uh, what we did there. And uh, me, I'm you know pretty proud of the fact that that was the platform that gave those guys a chance to grow and develop to be where they are today.
0: That actually like warms my heart a little because like I miss Team Canada. <laughs> yeah. The reporter from PWI comments on how Robert Roode and Eric Young got to work after leaving Impact, and uh, here are Scott's thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you know what? It was, it was time for them to move on, and I mean, I, I was actually Bobby Roode's agent at, uh, at the time, so I was on the other side of the table. Um, and, and that's the other thing, right? Is, I mean, like, we were a team. Like, Team Canada, we negotiated our contracts. Like, sitting down, it's like, I would go in, and I'd be like, okay. What are we doing with these contracts? And uh, that's how we handled things. And it was there was a point in time at one point when there was talk of getting rid of Eric Young, mm-hmm. and basically like all of Team Canada was standing there and saying, if that's happening, like like if he leaves, we're all leaving. You know, like and, and to look back and think about this, how insane wow. do you have to be that you would ever want to get rid of Eric Young, yeah. an amazing performer and a guy who shows up and uh, will literally put his life on the line um, for his craft and for anybody else in that locker room but when, when that came up like that, that was one of the moments to me where it was almost like tear and eye because here's Bobby Roode a guy who was making really good money at the time and uh, when they found out like everybody like they were literally like coach we're leaving um, you know are you coming with us and I had to say like guys hold on let's, let's <laughs> sort this out let's get through tonight and then let's deal with this but this ain't happening I'm with you and if it comes to it I'm with you mm-hmm. but let's, 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 let's make this right and, and we did. And I think, I think a lot of people were shocked that, uh, you know, a group of guys that were a, you know, a faction on TV were willing to basically leave their livelihoods because they felt one of their team members was being wronged. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh.
2: Really elite, pre-elite. Really What's that? You were the elite. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's, you know what? Never going to compare myself to those guys. Those guys have done unbelievable and and happy for for everything they had. They're, They're one of the reasons why it's a cool time in wrestling. Yeah. It's the uh, if you stick together, good things can
2: happen for right
1: everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's I mean that's something that uh, everybody in a locker room needs to understand, and that's also on a wider spectrum. That's everyone in the industry has to understand: is a a rising uh, tide lifts all boats, yeah. and uh, if we're doing what's right for the industry and we're building the industry, we're all going to prosper.
0: Yeah. Uh, last question from me. So, you've got you've got Twitch. You've got the access deal coming up. Uh, I've got the pay-per-view coming. You've got a platform, much bigger platform now. What is gonna, what's gonna draw people in? Like, what, what sets you guys apart from everything else out there? I
1: think like I said I think the depth of character, and I think the uh, the storyline, and the uh, the way that we go about, and the amount of time and effort that we go and put into to developing storylines. There's other places where, uh, as Jimmy Jacobs, I've heard him say, they punish you. Yeah. For being a longtime viewer because they insult you, because, oh, well, don't worry what this guy did. You know, a month ago or two months ago, because mm-hmm. this is what he's doing now, or this is what this is what she's doing now. We're always cognizant of where the talent and the characters came from and where it's going. And you can't insult people that they've invested and followed and know that type of stuff. You need to be true to the characters, and that's something we take very seriously.
0: Yeah, uh, Impact's always been itself. It's always been authentic, at least from the more recent iteration of it. So, uh, Scott, I want to thank you for your time. This was fantastic, man. Thanks, guys. Yeah. And that's my time with Scott Damore. I uh, learned a lot from uh, sitting in on that uh, roundtable interview with him. Um, very fascinating to talk to. I think he and Don Callis are making the right moves for Impact's success. Um, very much forward to seeing what they got for uh, the Access premiere, which is October 29th. Um, but yeah, overall, talking to him makes me a bit more um, confident in uh, Impact's f- viability uh next up i have some one-on-one time with johnny swinger now this guy is a 20 plus year vet uh he's been through multiple eras including the the sacred Attitude era that we all hearken back to. So this guy uh, has seen it all. Like he's been WWE, WCW, ECW, uh, the previous versions of Impact. Um, he's uh, real fun to talk to, and it was good getting some insight from someone like him. Again, someone who, you know. Not some jaded fan, just someone who's been through the business, been through all aspects of it, and can really like speak to um, what's going on in the business today. He just made his Impact Wrestling debut, um, and very much forward to um, seeing what he can do in the company. If you want to see his debut, I believe it's on YouTube, Impact Wrestling's YouTube channel right now. Uh, so without further ado, here is Johnny okay. Swinger. All right. Oh, John! actually just caught your debut on. Uh, they had the YouTube clip up. On oh, the, the match! Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> Your response on that?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, John, you've been in the business a long time. I have. Yeah. I
3: think we've made a character out of that, which yeah. you're seeing on TV right now, is a compilation of uh, 25 years of work, and then 25 years, uh, you know, of watching and you know, I mean, things that I saw growing up as a little kid, mm-hmm. um, which would be 30 and 35 years ago. Uh, for the fans that recognize it, it's like, Oh wow, cool nostalgia and the new fans are like, I've never seen that before (laughs) (laughs) Or heard that things I've said. That's crazy.
0: Twenty five years. You actually I had quarter of a century, man. Yeah, I've actually had one wrestler who had like the bragging rights for being the longest running wrestler in the show he, his name's little cholo yeah and he was like yeah i've been in 21 years and it's like yeah. a, you beat him by well, <laughs> i got years. a guy
3: bullet bob armstrong he's got us all beat i was with him last saturday on his 80th birthday Jesus. and he did a tag team match so no one's beating Ooh. that Good lord I just want to live that long And he's a chain smoker mm. Oh Jesus Who's going to argue with him You know
0: Yeah There's always like That one guy Is kind of indestructible yeah, Like it's that just, It's it.
3: weird P- Poor guy puts his mom You know You know the Armstrong family I'm sure Brad uh-huh. was wonderful And Road Dogg Jesse James Their mm-hmm. mom Unfortunately got Rapid onset Alzheimer's And is in assistant living now So Poor Bob's on his own And he smokes like a chimney And he's still driving <laughs> To towns And wrestling And people love him Anytime he's on a show A is big
0: Wow um, okay so Johnny um, for our newer fans out there and who people who are like newer to impact um, let's get a little bit about your story and uh, where did you start out? Wrestling, and where are you from? Actually, I'm
3: originally from uh, Western New York, around the Buffalo area. Okay, uh, I, I started my my training and my career in Canada, so I was always kind of known as a Canadian wrestler, even though I'm an American citizen because that's where I broke in. I started uh, in Toronto training uh, with Sweet Daddy Siki and Ron Hutchison, who also trained Edge. And we all, Edge Christian, myself, Joe Legend, Trish Stratus, we all came out of the same training camp, and then we. Broken in, in Winnipeg under Don Callis of all, who is one of my bosses now. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing how things work out. He was there for my first match, and, and now he's there. 25 years later, I'm still working for him. So it's kind of cool. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh,
0: and then, um, started, God, 25 years ago. Right? Yeah. So you've seen multiple eras. Oh yeah. Of the business. Well, I was a fan and,
3: for the eighties boom, uh-huh. and that's what hooked me and wanted, made me want to do it. And then when I, I got in the early '90s, it was it was a slow period up to about what '96 or so. Mm-hmm. And then, luckily for me, I was in in WCW when it exploded and the NWO got real big. and mm-hmm. Goldberg appeared, and geez, I wrestled Goldberg before he ever debuted on TV. And then he was oh, wow. an overnight sensation, and we had uh, we were killing it. And then Raw was getting real big. We had two of them getting really big at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, ECW was strong at the time, and that's what I think is going to be replicated right now. There's going to be several hot promotions going
0: at the same time. Right. Uh, are, do you? Is there anything about Impact now that kind of... Anything else about Impact that kind of reminds you about one of the companies? Does it feel it, like? It
3: actually reminds me a lot of ECW, and that's yeah. not just because Tommy Dreamer's involved and uh, Don <laughs> oh, Kalis, that's right. Me, RVD, me and Don yeah. were together in ECW as talents, <laughs> but uh, something happened last night. As I'm talking to you, when when I was doing a a promo Mm -hmm. to be inserted in the show, Scott Moore came up and got in my face and did a Johnny Swinger impression in my voice and the way I would say it. And I was like, only one person ever did that before was Paul Heyman. He actually wouldn't... He knew every one of his characters so well that when he wanted you to do something interview-wise, he could do it. He could do an impression of you. And to me, that's how how it's done. Now I know... This guy knows what to do with me because he knows my character. Mm-hmm. You can do an impression of somebody, that in itself makes you uh, a draw. You know, because it, not, if, a, if, some, if your boss could do an impression you, had, then
0: the fans can too. That means you're you're a viable act. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned you were in WCW. Like, what, was there anything before that? Or like, what, were they the ones that gave you your first break?
3: Yeah, well, how that came about is, uh, like I said, I started, yeah, I was training in 93. By 94, I was doing the independence around Canada. And I was actually on a what we used to call northern tours of northern Manitoba with Don Callis and myself, Edge, Christian, uh, Chris Jericho. Erico, uh, Lance Storm. We were all doing these Arctic tours together. That's really how I started him. We do like three week tours. I'd, we'd come back on the weekend, believe it or not, because the shows are during the week at the Indian reservations. And uh, this is before cell phones and everything. I got a call from someone I never met before at the hotel. Scott Namor wanted me and Edge to call him back. I'm like, "Who's this guy?" You know, and he got on a pay phone with him. He said, "How would you like to wrestle on television for WCW?" I'm like, "Twist my arm," you know what I mean? When do I start? And uh, that's he, he got me booked on a couple TV tapings in Georgia, and they took a quick liking to me, and then with uh, about two years of working on a per-night basis with with me, I, I got a guaranteed contract, and uh, I was on that for about three years, and that was for the boom period, 97 to 2000. I was on the, the highest rated nitro ever. I think we did like wow. a six and a half for that bill goldberg beat hulk hogan i was on that georgia dome was also the biggest gate in the history of the company so i got an unbelievable uh, opportunity at a uh, peak of the business at a really young age
0: that's a, wow that's actually like really exciting when people say like i can be part of that part of it's history big time man. yeah
3: yeah and and people remember that and it's it's a great thing for me to hang my hat on him and I, I love when I, I still do the independent shows today I, i've been doing them for all these years since Left WWE, and even now being back with Impact, we're still allowed to do them uh, as long as they don't conflict. And people love to ask me because sometimes there's only a couple hundred people there at the show, and they'd be, you know, Johnny, what's the biggest crowd you ever wrestle in front of? 42,000.
0: <laughs>
3: wow. <laughs> a- and 8 million on TV live. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. highest rated wcw program ever mm-hmm. that's you know to me it, that, that's as big as you could possibly get did right. you win the match does it really matter mm-hmm. i mean you if you're either on a high, high rated tv show or you're not you know yeah and just to be on tv is a is a humongous deal you know
0: do you prefer working with like smaller crowds or as opposed to bigger crowd is it
3: um, you always want a bigger crowd because that just means more, more exposure, more money, more, okay. more of a future. Um, uh-huh. But really, we don't change the way we do our job. We still go out there, and if there's 200 people out there, we give them, we got, we got to give them their money's worth, right? I mean, these Absolutely. people are buying tickets to see us, or they're taking their time to watch us on TV, and we want them to keep coming, so we want to make sure they get, you know,
0: be satisfied with it as a product. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so, why don't we t- t- go over to how you ended up with uh, with Impact. And, Coming uh, back for
3: this second yeah, time. Yeah,
0: for the second time around. And you just made your debut not too long ago, correct? Yeah, was Um the-
3: I had four or five weeks of introductory uh, vignettes, which is uh, humongous. It really yeah. is. They don't just give that to anybody. Uh, they usually give that to people that they think are going to be around and be able to help draw money for the company. Um, so that that's a, that's a big compliment to me that they believe in me that much to put the faith in me and to invest that kind of time and money into me. And um, I'm, I'm just loving it. I'm loving the character. Uh, I hate to say character. It sounds like something you're acting because I'm not. I'm really just kind of using uh, all the everything I've seen over so many years and just taking some things from a, a lot of people that are no longer around and just kind of putting it all together and making a entertainment out of it you know what I mean mm-hmm. to entertain the people and be be different stand out and and anybody that I'm doing a segment with I, I can enhance them and myself at the same time that that's
0: really what my goal is mm. so uh, can you go a little bit more into the creative process like how does that start did you do you have an idea for a character do you Do kind of they give you something?
3: Well, this was this character was pitched to me. Okay. Um, and uh, I immediately clicked in my brain all the stuff that I could do with that, and it was—I knew it was going to be really fun. And I noticed that w- when I started at, at the Las Vegas TV tapings, a lot of the guys that were knew that what I was going to be doing had an idea for it, and it's mm-hmm. just unbelievable that like somebody will have a line for me. I'm like, oh, that's great. I'm going <laughs> to use it, and it's—it's it's so different. And I, I hate to say WWE's bad, but you couldn't do that there, man. They gave you this piece of paper, and you better follow it, or you're out of here. Kind of thing, And it's just kind of cool to be back in a scenario because that's how it was like in uh, ECW. Uh-huh. Uh, that's how it was like in TNA when I was there the first time. We did live promos, and it was like, here are your bullet points. Do it how you, your character, you, nobody knows your character better than you. Yeah. You know, you can't write for a guy, I mean, you can't write better than he could do for himself. It's just work together, give ideas, bullet points, what do we need to get across, and do it the way you would
0: do it, mm-hmm. you know, because you
3: know yourself better than
0: anybody. How frustrating was it when you were told, like, you have to do this?
3: For me, initially it was, but then I tried, I always tried to cool down and go, yeah, but you know what? I'm still doing what I love to do, and uh, I could be stuck uh, on a jackhammer somewhere, you know what I mean? Digging mm-hmm. ditches or whatever. So uh, you never know what the people that are running the company, you don't know what, they don't tell you what the long term plan is. So what you're doing tonight might not make sense to you, but you don't know what the long term plan is. And it might, they're most likely not going to come up with a long-term plan. It doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So you kind of just kind of go go along with it. You can give your opinion and go, you know, I think this would be a good idea, but ultimately you got to do what you're asked to do because you don't know what, uh, there's so many people that you got to figure on and be in a certain place. You can't just be thinking about yourself and, oh, why am I doing this? And it's like, you might not know now, but You're gonna eventually gonna find out. It's all it all is designed to come
0: together Yeah, so yeah, I I always wonder like how much um because I feel like most wrestlers that I've talked to, they really want to have that creative input. Like, it yeah. really is their outlet. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But everybody's... you got to be produced. you got to be able to be controlled because you can't just give someone a blank checkbook. I mean, of you, course. everyone's going to f- fill themselves in at the top, and it's like, you can't have a top unless you have a middle, and you got to have a bottom, and you've got to have stuff in between. If everyone's on the same level, then nobody means anything. So you got to have... You know look at our world's champion. My gosh, he's gonna beat him guy guys <laughs> a mountain of muscle and he can Fly all around you. It's like, you know, not everybody can be at that spot, you know So you got to it's almost like a pyramid, but uh, there's no top of the pyramid without the support of underneath So you got to have got to have a strong opening a strong middle and then it leads everything flows Everything builds to that to the top, you know
0: Yeah, I think that's actually really good way to look at it and obviously like since you're a veteran like you kind of have that understanding i think a lot of fans may not it's the overall have, business yeah, yeah i think a lot of fans may not have that right kind of insight
3: but that's okay they have their favorites and that they want to yeah. support and that's what it's all about that's their right to do that and we want them to do that we want them to. we're not saying hey you got to get behind everybody you know what i mean it's just get right. behind the guys you want to get behind and the ratings are going to tell and the, the feedback will come back and my thing is if they're not talking about you then that that means that you're probably not gonna be around much longer wherever right. you are. Liberace used to say that. I don't care if you spell my name wrong, as long as you say it. If they're talking about you, it's good. And uh, with I've had, like I said, five weeks of introductory vignettes and one match, and a lot of people are talking about it, so that makes me feel good, and we're on the right track with, with what I'm doing. And seeing what everybody else is doing, I'm like, geez, I could, I'm i watching every one of our segments going, well, I could walk in and do this, and it'd be funny, and it'd be entertaining, and it wouldn't take away from them, and it'd make me look good, you know what I
0: mean? So it's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Wow. Um, so for, again, I, I think a lot of... Newer fans and well, actually, maybe newer wrestlers would look to guys like you for maybe advice or anything like that. Sure. For, for someone uh, who has that much experience, again, you're sort of in this second war, but yeah. not really. But right. uh, so riding yeah. second wave, right. or, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, what what advice do you have for a, a newer person trying to get over get get yourself out there as much as possible if you mm-hmm.
3: live in atlanta don't just wrestle within an 80 mile radius you really got to get yourself out there if you're wrestling out in los angeles make sure you're doing promos in front of the staple center make it make it known that you're out there and you're you know you're trying to work in different places work different styles with different people and uh, document everything, mm-hmm. write stuff down. You yeah. know what I mean? You, you you might be riding down the road listening to the radio and hear something on the radio that you could use in a, in a promo or whatever. write it down. Have a book that you you write stuff down or you see a move you know what I mean uh, just cuz you, you think of something and then you forget it a couple hours later so I think that's huge is to try to kind of document stuff that you can like well okay what did I do last weekend that worked and didn't work well, I'm gonna eliminate the stuff that didn't work and 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 do the stuff that did work. see how people react to certain things and St- stay uh, towards those You know mm-hmm. what I mean That get the best reaction
0: Yeah don't be afraid To like try stuff right, out While you're yeah, on the road sure. You don't want to do The same match yeah. every
3: time Because now with the internet And Twitch and all this stuff People like guys does the same match Every time uh, And if you're not known You're not going to You're probably not Going to become known if, you, if they can predict What you're going to do Out there Oh I know this guy's Going to come out And do that <laughs> They always made fun of Flair, but you know what? No one can argue with the guys. Say, oh, same match. Well, it must have it worked for him because he's still around. He's, he made more money than anybody, but that can't be – that's not for everybody. you gotta you got to get yourself established first before you – you still don't want to become predictable, you know. You want to be able to change it up and keep people guessing what you're going to do mm-hmm. next. And that, to me, that keeps them tuned in you, <laughs> you know.
0: Let's get back more to impact. So you've been within multiple locker rooms throughout your very storied career. Like, uh, how's how's a locker room in uh, Uh, in impact been treating you? Very
3: welcoming to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm a. Not a new guy, but it just a guy coming in on a very – not a very big roster, you know, so there's not a lot of spots open, but uh, everyone was really cool. I know a lot of the guys, but the guys I don't have been really nice and, you know, welcoming and ideas and, you know what I mean, and talking about uh, how to uh, – working on physiques and stuff like that, so it's, it's really cool. It's uh, There's no clicks. There's no – didn't see like there's anybody, uh, you know, secluding themselves from everybody, be, being out for themselves. Everybody's out to help each other and just make the show. As, as the, whole, if the show goes good, we all benefit. So.
0: Yeah, you don't feel a lot yeah. of, like, I mean, everyone seems to, at least from other interviews, I've right. seen, like, everyone seems to complain about, like, politics and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I don't and,
3: see that. I really don't see that. I didn't see it in ECW. Uh, I didn't really see it in TNA the first time I was there. WCW was, man, you walk in the wrong room real easy. WWE, um, I kind of equate WWE and WCW at its height to, like, uh, Home Depot, say, this big corporation. Like, I just had, okay. my, just had my kitchen remodeled. And they they send the cabinets, and some of the doors are broken, and, and they go to return it, and they give you a hard time. But I'm like, you guys have gotten so big that your quality control has gone down. And I think that that's what happened to the big corporate wrestling like WCW and WWE. They're so big that they can't see everything, and then the quality goes down. And uh, it's just like a restaurant. You go and have a bad meal. You're not going back. And then you're going to tell everybody you know oh, I had a crappy meal in there Don't go in there It's amazing what a little bad thing could do for you Long term you don't even realize it And I think that's If you get too big too fast uh-huh. Then your quality is going to go down
0: That's actually like a really interesting point That I don't see brought up enough it's like because they're so big because usually you hear the stories about micromanaging but because they're so yeah. big yeah, things just don't get, get scrutinized get like, yeah.
3: poor quality bad quality uh, I was there for the NWO when it was Hogan, Hall, and Nash whoa biggest thing going and uh-huh. they added X-Pac and then they added before you knew it they had 35 guys in there and I'm like well the NWO don't mean anything anymore right. so they just oh this thing's good let's just keep putting people in it not realizing every time they did that they watered it down more and more and more to a point where it's like oh my god we can't even draw money with it anymore.
0: So you're just they're just kind of looking for the – they're on autopilot yeah. looking for, like, the simple
3: answer. Yeah, right. Because they had so many people under contract. Well, we got to do something with all these guys. It's like, ah, you going need all these guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't hire people and go, what do we do with them? You go, we need somebody to do something. Who should we get? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Bring everybody in for a purpose, you know? Mm-hmm. Not um, look for a purpose just because they're sitting around. <laughs> get rid of them
0: what else about impacts like uh, process kind of works uh, for you I nowadays. was impressed with the production I didn't yeah.
3: realize it was so de- man they have a great crew there they have some uh, experienced uh, people uh, doing that kind of work and um, put it all together it's it's not easy stuff it's a lot more in depth than it was when I was at TNA the first time uh, production's up to me up there with uh, WWE and WCW just from, from the times that I was there. Mm-hmm. Just uh, on a smaller basis, but still that attention to detail and having, you know, times of doing things in the, in the back like pre tapes. I was very organized and. Um, a lot of people knowing what they got to do at what time of the day I mean I was really impressed when I saw that I was like well this is going to be this is going to be really good and I didn't know about the access deal until maybe a couple weeks after that and I was just at home going man I might finally be in the right place at the right time you know
0: yeah yeah, I so, do notice cool. that, uh, and I notice this with certain shows. Like when everyone's happy to be there, it kind of yeah. comes through, right, in the final product. I don't, I don't know what that, what it is that makes it yeah. stick out, but I get that oh, yeah. sense from oh, what it, I've seen it, of impact.
3: WWE, everybody's looking at their watch. Like, when do we get out of here? Yeah. Is it eleven o'clock yet? <laughs> you know, <what> I mean, <laughs> you're at one one o'clock in the afternoon all day long. You're like, oh my gosh, when can we get out of here? And that's the
0: big, big time. So
3: yeah,
0: I mean, yeah. um, so with with um, is, is with uh, the new uh, show coming out on the 29th, um, wh- What are you looking forward to people seeing? Um,
3: um, I just think I think if somebody samples our show, they're going to stick with
0: it. Uh-huh. There,
3: there's got to be some kind of a wrestling fan in them to even give it a chance. Right. And I just can't imagine anyone that was it is a fan of wrestling or was a fan of wrestling that tries it out and go ah that's not that good. I hear a lot of people saying WWE's not that good. I don't I haven't seen really, but they're saying it. And right. I don't think I don't think people are going to watch our show, and eh, I did not really like that too much. I think you know I think it's a matter of, we just got to give them a sample. It and I think this is the opportunity to do that uh, with a with bigger exposure with the with the network and um, the uh, broadening of we're in Las Vegas we're in L.A. we're in Chicago New York it's got a big time aura around it bigger than it was two months ago bigger than it was. Fifteen years ago, so right. I mean, it's it's all positive, moving upward, and uh, there's there's uh, a lot of talent out there developing, so that I don't think there'll be a short supply of talent because mm-hmm. cause it, nobody stays anywhere forever, you know. Right. So it's not like well if we lose a couple guys, what are we going to do? I don't think that's the case. Um, I think with, I think all the independents are rising, so it's going to create talent, kind of like the way it did in the territory days. Yeah. Uh, when Vince McMahon expanded in the 80s He didn't have a wrestling school Making wrestlers He mm-hmm. took uh, the top stars from Mid-South He took some stars from Florida He took uh, established stars from Kansas City that, that were known And he just put them on a national stage And I think that that's where we're going right now I think that's where we're at That anyone you see coming into Impact from now on is going to kind of already be established somewhere, like already have some experience and they're known and we're just going to build on that.
0: Oh, yeah. I've even, a couple of the wrestlers here, I saw them at a smaller indie show and like, oh, now they're on a bigger platform. They're not just complete unknowns.
3: Mm And that's why I think the whole business goes up together. And it goes down together, too. You know what I mean? But I think, uh, like what I said, from doing the independents as long as I've been doing them, even just in the southeast where it's very still old-school based with the old-timer wrestlers they still have young guys that are Finding a way to wrestle three, four, five times a week, and you just you're gonna get better. There's no way around it. You're if you're in front of a crowd three, four times a week. You're gonna learn this craft. You just you, you there's no way you can help it. You're mm-hmm. gonna get feedback from veterans. You're gonna get, you can hear the crowd what works and what don't. Next time you go out there, well that didn't really get a big reaction, and that's how it, that's how it needs. To, that's the way it was done 30 years ago. I think it still works that way. I don't think you can teach someone this craft in a school or in a warehouse somewhere. I think you learn this by doing it over right. a period of time with people that know how to do it. I
0: think it worked out. Awesome. Well, that, that was amazing. Uh, Johnny, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, time. Justin. This was fantastic. Oh, my pleasure, dude. Yeah. And that's my time with Johnny Swinger. Really fun to talk to. Uh, I'd love to get him in for like a, a longer interview just because someone who's been around that long is... Bound to have some stories and I went from interviewing him to another veteran of the business, although he's, he's done both, uh, uh work as a wrestler and as an announcer uh, i got to interview josh matthews the voice of impact wrestling he uh he's been uh, with in the business since wow since tough enough so tough enough remember that mtv wwe reality show got his start there uh he spent some time competing and then now uh is exclusively behind the mic um again Really fascinating guy. Just a sweetheart, too. I was actually having, like, difficulty with the Zoom recording. He was helping me out beforehand. So um, really nice dude. Really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, so here's my time with Josh Matthews. Thank you for putting up with the little technical delays there. I'm good. I'm good. Sweet. All right. Oh. But, uh, yeah, Josh, thank you so much for sitting down with us. This is um, this has been a great opportunity to talk with everyone here at Impact. Um we want to introduce you to a lot of our new fans and people we've been getting people into wrestling more especially now it's such an exciting time and you've been in the business a long time and you've kind of gone through so many different phases from you were on the tough enough and you know all the way through being a competitor now you're an announcer so um if there's anything what's the first thing people should know about you josh what what would you say Um. Wow, that's a good question. Um, that's a tough question to answer.
2: I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I guess, like, it's weird. I I've, I, I. grew up on WWE TV, right? Like, mm-hmm. I started there when I was 19 um, with Tough Enough, like you mentioned, and then uh, as an announcer and, and just sort of the growing pains of, uh, of living your 20s on television and, then uh-huh. uh, you know, now in social media and the world that we're in now, it's so, uh, everyone's so accessible and so out there. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm not sure what I would want people to, to walk away with knowing mm-hmm. um, you know I think that uh, I would like for people to walk away knowing that, that our passion for Impact Wrestling and, and, and how strongly we feel about the success mm-hmm. of our company um, and you know where we are there I me mean, as a person that's just I guess uh-huh. a really tough question to answer. I'm not I'm Sorry, really sure. Start off. No, that's okay. No, <laughs> all good. It's, it's been I know. It's been uh it's it's been an, an interesting day, but to, to,
0: to have that moment of self-enlightenment or self uh, Thought I'm not real sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, you're the uh, you're one of the commentators for uh, uh, Impact Wrestling. You've, you've done a great job. I think your experience kind of lends well to to what you're doing because you can actually speak to what's going on in the ring. Um, So how did you get your start, Uh, why don't we we start back? So um, how did you get your start in in the business? Uh, so
2: tough enough was a reality show on MTV mm-hmm. that uh, when it first started, it was revolutionary. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember the, the guy's name. It drives me nuts, but the creator of uh, America's next top model. Okay. Um, he was the one who came up with this idea and pitched it to MTV and WWE and they loved it. And we were the first sort of, uh, y- y- you know, the Guinea pigs, the group that that was on the first season to, to experience this and, There was no blueprint for how this was going to go. So, I mean, I was an avid wrestling fan, wanted to be in the wrestling business, didn't know how to get into the wrestling business. Um, And all of a sudden, I'm doing my homework one night uh, as a sophomore in college, and I hear Jim Ross start talking about the show. Mm -hmm. So I immediately wrote down everything he was talking about, stopped doing my homework, did my audition tape, sent it off and a week later I got a call from MTV and then a week later after that I was in New York for the first time uh, first time on an airplane flew there and did the audition and uh, from 5,000 they willed it um, from 5,000 to 13 and 13 mm-hmm. of us lived in the house and,
0: and that was a uh, The rest is is history, as they say. Yeah, you have such a unique start to the business. Was being a performer always kind of something you wanted to do, even when you were a kid?
2: Not really. Um, Yeah, I wanted to be a wrestler. Okay. And I didn't really understand or grasp the performance part of it. Like, even when we were on Tough Enough, like, people um, accused us of just wanting to be famous. And I didn't really understand that because that was never my goal. Mm-hmm. My goal was just to be a wrestler. Yeah. Um, and then I realized that at five foot nine, at the time that I was trying to do this, I probably wasn't going to have great success. Right. Um, so, when the opportunity came up to be an announcer, I, I ran with it. And I mean, I've gone back and thought, like, you know, when I was in between WWE and, and as a wrestler and then the independent wrestling scene and back in school and, and still thinking that that was going to be the path that I was going to take as a wrestler, like I had matches with AJ Styles and, and things like that. So sometimes I think like, oh, I wonder if I would have been like AJ or if I would have been like any number of cruiserweight style guys that are now out of the business, bodies are broken, mm-hmm. you know, which one would I have ended up like, right? right? And and the odds would say that I'd be you know like the guys that are no longer doing this and not the success that someone like AJ Styles would have Mm -hmm. um but like you mentioned I've been doing this now for over 20 years um consecutively wrestling uh consecutively in the wrestling business since I'm 19 so it's pretty wild um going back and looking at it now
0: yeah I mean a lot not a lot of people can say they've been in the business multiple decades like that's 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 a that's their own kind of class right there um so when you're transitioning to announcing what uh did you have any experience before that like what what kind of brought that on i didn't um
2: we did so tough enough one ended i went back to school i was wrestling uh on the independent scene and then tough enough Two happened. and then they did a um a reunion Mm -hmm. in new york so i was back in school they flew us to new york i'm 21 at this point i might have been 20 with a fake id (laughs) Um, but I'm very young and um, they fly us out to New York for the weekend Mm -hmm. and put us up in Times Square give us like a thousand dollars a day to just eat and drink and have so now Mm -hmm. mind you 20 21 years old with a bunch of money in my pocket cash that they want me to spend so I just ran around Times Square by myself and just went to bar after bar had a great time and little did I know that every place that I went there were either WB executives or MTV executives there so the next morning I walked into the reunion special at like 8 a.m chipper happy ready to go and people were like man we thought you were never gonna make it like i was like oh what do you mean like well we saw you last night and they're like you were by yourself and you just had a blast we would like for you to do that on tv (laughs) so i thought okay um so i auditioned to be an announcer and it was literally like we want that person like what we saw right to to do something we're not sure what like a a non-traditional wrestling announcer right um, and then I got hired as an announcer and, and all of that went away and I just became like a traditional announcer. But, but what got me the, the, the job and the opportunity was just having fun, being myself and being out there. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, years later, I think they kind of figured out what they wanted, but I I don't know. Um, but anyway, that's how it all kind of kind wow. of came about. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think everyone who has some success in the business all kind of comes from like, you're yourself yeah you're, and you're it's special yeah because <laughs> when
2: tough enough when one ended the next that night they had a rap party and I was approached by MTV to be a VJ so oh. I stayed in audition for that the next day but I literally like twelve hours later just lost an opportunity to be a wrestler like my life was over so I didn't do so well in the audition the next day but like studio hosting and hosting was
0: like I guess in the cards from from that point on huh wow so from there you're okay So you're you're an announcer in WWE, um, and then from there, um, your time there ended. But like, what did you want to stay in the business after that? Had it kind of jaded you, and what kind of made you want to stay in?
2: You know, I was there for 13 years. Uh Um, The day that it ended. I was living in Connecticut. I was in Stanford. Mm-hmm. And W—excuse me, um, TNA happened to be taping in New York. Mm-hmm. So I called Taz, and it was like 10 o'clock in the morning. And I said, uh, hey, man, I'm done with WWE. Mm-hmm. And he said, give me 10 minutes. And he called me back. He goes, how quickly can you get to Manhattan? And I said, well, I'm, I'm a 45-minute train right away. I f- took the train down, had a handshake agreement with TNA that day. Mm-hmm. So I was my contract was not renewed from WWE at 9 a.m. By noon, I had an offer from TNA. Wow! So uh, <laughs> it was pretty cool. Uh, you know all that stress, right? That you feel yeah. like when you lose something, and it was all kind of like just put put at ease that afternoon. And then I woke up about a week later, and TNA was canceled on Spike. So it was just, oh it was, God. man, I didn't know what to do. And it, it was the summertime. I was living in New York. Um, I was during my non-compete days uh-huh. with WWE. So I'm still getting paid and going to Yankees games and having fun, but still really just trying to figure out what's next. Yeah. Um, but I called TNA. So said, what's the deal? And they said, we'll be fine. Just, uh, you know, your deals, your non-compete is up in August. This was like early June. Yeah. Um, Uh, Just get here in August, and and we'll get things going and rolling Mm -hmm. from there. So uh, uh, then the summer's happening. I get a phone call from my friend, Krista Joseph, who says, Hey, we're starting a new wrestling show called Lucha Underground. We'd like for you to be the announcer. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, hell, what am I going to do now? So I flew out to L.A. here, saw the Lucha Underground studio and the whole deal. So now I was in a dilemma. Like... Lucha Underground or Impact Wrestling The money was about the same The responsibilities were about the same They were going to make me a producer for Lucha Underground Um, I ultimately decided to go with Impact A lot because of Nashville I love Nashville um, I wanted to move there, so so I started with Impact that August. Uh, mm-hmm. Did the fir- we were back on TV in January. Did the first show from there, and, and have been here ever since under different regimes, obviously. And right. now you know now TNA is no longer a thing, and we are Impact Wrestling, but but it's, uh, it's
0: that was the next chapter. Right. So have you um, now that you've been with two different regimes here? Like, what are some of the most noticeable? changes
1: <laughs>
0: um, I mean there's a lot of
2: changes yeah. um, there was a lot of irresponsibility under that previous mm-hmm. regime of people and I feel that that irresponsibility is gone I feel that we sort of have a great system of checks and balances and I also think that there isn't a lot of um, like like <clears throat> Mm. not enough Uh, politics no no no. not not a lot of politicking but also like like uh, like uh, like our executive team like we stay in the same hotel as the rest of the staff Mm -hmm. yeah um we all sort of travel the same style um there isn't a lot of um missed missed management maybe Mm -hmm. um or or you know, uh, jadedness mm-hmm. towards anybody. I think everybody gets treated fair, and, and it's just uh, it's, it's a great company. It's a great group of people that really just want to see this thing succeed. And there, there is no magic pill. There's no magic turn this thing around in 24 hours, hire Hulk Hogan, and, and we're going to be great. There isn't that. It was just hard work, keep your nose to the grindstone,
0: keep moving, keep grinding, and this thing will turn around. I love hearing that just because um, so often when it comes to like wrestling on TV, it always it it's like, let's bring this name in or bring this celebrity in. And it's, you know, usually for a fan like me, it doesn't necessarily work, but it, it sounds like Impact's been going in the right direction at least from what i've seen on uh on tv yeah
2: i mean the last two years have been amazing and Uh, and it's been happening without a lot of people being able to see it and now with impact getting ready to premiere on access tv you will get the chance to see it and it's going to be bigger and and i think if you were a fan and you left like give it another chance if you're a fan who didn't leave thank you mm -hmm. like we all worked through it together right we're all on the other side of it um but there isn't that this is what's going to fix all of our problems. Right. This is we're going to we're going to dump a bunch of money into this dude, and he's going to turn everything around. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that it's been um, strategic moves by by everyone involved and, and well thought out. Um, execution and and you know here we are sitting here getting Mm -hmm. ready for this uh sold out bound for glory it'll be the highest grossing pay-per-view since i've been here um and the most attended
0: Mm pay-per-view so that speaks volumes so um uh was, was there a big shift in morale when the new regime came in it's it's hard to say that there was a like uh, yeah I don't want to get you in trouble no, no, with it no, but no, yeah. no it's okay <laughs> it,
1: it, it's
2: it's not a like th- th- there hasn't been a lot of big things right like there's been a like like it, God, uh, I love Dixie Carter I do mm-hmm. but you know sh- she would often say you know big things big things big things and there was never any and, and after you heard it for the 20th time you st- that doesn't mean anything anymore. Like there, the, no, there's not big things. Um, you know, so it was really tough to hear that over and over again. Big things, big things, and, and so I don't think that we say that. I, you know, it's 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 small victories. We 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 have had our small victories. We had our big victory with um, with the access deal. Uh, mm-hmm. That that's a big win. Bound for glory in the situation that that is in is a big win, um, but there aren't. Uh, words spoken just to, just to boost morale, right? Like, if you're right. on board with this, cool. We have a great roster of people, and if you're not, then, you know,
0: best of luck. Mm-hmm. I love how, like, TNA Impact has kind of been that little company that's like you said, you're so, it was a lot of smaller changes. So you guys have been grinding and putting on the work, and now you actually have this really great product that it's really fun to see. Uh, now that the market's kind of saturated, what do you feel sticks out about this uh, new version of like TNA?
2: Well, uh, the good thing is that TNA is dead. Or, I mean, excuse me, sorry, okay. Impact. All yeah. good. It, it's, yeah. it's Impact mm-hmm. Wrestling. It's It doesn't have the baggage. Um, you know, I think if you... I don't know, it's so weird, man. Like, it, 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 like, I just, I, I like watching TV shows, and I don't mm-hmm. really get into the, you know, what are the actors making? Like, what's right. their contract situation? I don't know why wrestling has that sort of, that that people feel that they're entitled to know all of that, or, or all that stuff becomes public, right? I don't know i maybe that's a different conversation but i just think that um you know right now we're just in a great position we've we've delivered great shows our pay-per-views have delivered you get you go to a movie right you Mm -hmm. see a beginning a middle and an end you're not jaded you're not cheated you're not uh left with 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 a wanting like you're 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 fully satisfied from what you saw from those three hours Mm -hmm. and i think that we delivered those and we'll continue to deliver them going forward
0: Yeah, I think that's what kind of, to me, as a newer fan, I was, I came back, I was a Laps fan, came back into it about two years ago. So, like, for me, what I see from Impact is, like, a much more authentic program. And I was saying this earlier with someone else, like, it just seems like everyone's happier to be, everyone cares. And I want to know if, like... um, I mean, is that the sentiment backstage? Like, does yeah. everyone... Yes, yeah.
2: I, I think that if uh, if everybody leaves here today uh, as we sit doing all this media uh, or, or over the next couple of weeks, I, I would really want people to think, like passion like mm-hmm. these people are passionate about what they do they care about what they do they care about the segments they put on TV they care about the talent they put on TV they care mm-hmm. um, and I hope that people walk away feeling that and, and understanding that because it really is true man like I, I don't work a, as many hours as I do as long as I do um, you know a, a not spend time with my family for people to think that we're just kind of you know mailing it in or, or, or mm-hmm. not giving everything that we can to make this a success
0: yeah. Uh Where where do you see impact? Because I mean, because wrestling's on every goddamn day of the week now. Like, where do you see impact kind of fitting in? What 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 do you think is going to draw people in the most to your product? Although, Although I will say, like, you guys are very innovative in that you're on Twitch. And you have the access deal, so...
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that th- things like that and our, our social media presence is huge. I think that you at yep. the end of the day, you have Absolutely. to have um, creative characters. You have to have uh, characters that people care about that people want to see get beat or want to see win matches, you have to you have to have compelling characters. And I think that you know, I, last year we had an amazing athletes. Uh, the Lucha Brothers came to Impact Wrestling. LAX were here. We had these amazing matches. I would lose my voice every night calling these great <laughs> matches. And I think now we have colorful characters. I mean, Ace Austin's a very colorful character. Eddie Edwards has a, has a great backstory. So, you know, you don't watch a TV show just for the car crashes, right? You you watch them because you care about what happens. Um, you know, I, I, I mentioned The Sopranos earlier because I consider it the greatest television show of all time. Like, you cared about Tony Soprano. Even though the guy did bad stuff, like, you still yeah. cared about him. Uh, and I think that's what keeps people coming back. So, I think if you connect with one of our 40 or 50 characters in some way, or you understand their backstory,
0: I think that's what keeps you coming back. Oh, wow. Uh, is there what are you the most excited for for the premiere and for the now sold out uh, pay per view? Uh,
2: honestly, what I'm most excited about for the pay per view and, and the premiere is just that people get a chance to see this now. I mm-hmm. mean, we we've been, I, I I joke that I wish we can go back in two years and just restart, uh, retell the story of Eddie going crazy, retell the story of mm-hmm. Ace Austin, retell the story of the knockouts. Like you can't do that, obviously, but uh, I just think for people to 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 get into what our, our characters are like like characters welcome. It was an old USA. Uh, marketing campaign that I thought really worked. Um, and I think we have those characters so I'm excited for people to see that Bound for Glory with that many people there sold out a crowd can really make or break a show and that's going to that
0: be glory. so validating yeah. for all the hard work it's going to be amazing and those fans are going to get a hell of a show yeah um, and I think for me personally that's what I'm most excited about because everyone said like back in the day, TNA this impact that and you know the fact of the matter is the company's never completely died you guys have done something right to stay around this long yeah. and I'm very excited about this iteration of it because in the last, again, year or two that I've been back into wrestling, it's been exciting to see, like, the different feel and different kind of matches you're putting on. It seems to be more about the wrestling, like you said, the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But uh, is there, for, again, last thing, last question for me, any, for, um, for the new fans coming in, is there, and who are obsessed with, you know, the wars that are going on TV. Do you have anything to say to those fans who are kind of like obsessed with that aspect of it?
2: Well, I think it's, I mean, you want to have that uh-huh. for whatever reason. Everybody wants to relive the, the, the Monday Night Wars, and, mm-hmm. you know, it was such a different era, man. Yeah, um, you know, really There were no really such was. thing as DVRs. Yeah. Like, you, you, I get, you know, it's, what, what are you going to watch live, you know, mm-hmm. on Wednesday, and then what are you going to watch taped, I guess? I mean, I don't think I watch anything live anymore <laughs> except for sporting events. Um, you know, I, I, you, you could watch everything, yeah. right? Like, you can literally watch it all, and, and you can have your favorite. Sure, and, 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 and you know maybe eventually you do just watch one, but if you like wrestling that much and you love wrestling that much, just watch it all. I mean, that's uh, watch Impact, yes, watch yes. AEW, watch Raw, watch NXT. What I really don't understand, what I really struggle with is that people seem to hate what they see. Like on WWE a lot, and, mm-hmm. and then just stop watching. I don't. Yes. That's the one thing that Thank I don't really yes. understand. Like yeah. you can, you don't have like nobody's making you watch mm-hmm. this, right? Like like when I I I haven't watched more than ten seconds of WWE programming since I left there, and it's not because I hate it. It's because I was so focused on everything. Like I had to watch. I watched NXT. I watched Raw. I watched SmackDown. I watched Total Divas. Um, I watched uh, Legends House on WWE. Like I watched everything because you sort of had to because mm-hmm. you could talk about it on the, on the on the broadcast. So I was. So like overly drained with WWE programming that I stopped watching it, um, and I just never went back because it's not something that I'm interested in what they're doing. But I my social media allows me to see. It. It's just if you don't like something, like just just don't watch it.
0: Yes. I you know, could not I, agree more. I
2: mean, it? I don't know if I'm a fair weather fan in sports or not, but like, you know, I'm a fan of the Oregon Ducks. But if 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 well, I shouldn't say it because they'll be my team for forever. But if they're having a right. bad season, like, I maybe I maybe I don't watch every game. Maybe I maybe I just check the highlights. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm not going to hate on them. But so so just watch what you want and don't watch what you don't want to watch. And you know, find a hobby if you hate something
0: so much. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's actually refreshing to hear from somebody. Uh, Josh, thank you Justin, so much for, for doing you. this. This is awesome. Yeah, man, great time. Thank you. And that's it for the episode. Uh, again, Impact Wrestling. I've said it a bunch of times uh, this episode already. Uh, Impact Wrestling makes its Access TV debut on October 29th, which is fantastic. It's easier to find, and don't forget their Twitch channel as well. They're really, um, really uh, trying to be a little more innovative and really trying to put their product out uh, so it's like super accessible. Because again, they've struggled with that in the past, but you know they have the YouTube channel. Uh, they have Twitch, they have now the access deal. So uh, I predict some good things happening for access, excuse me, access and impact, uh, in the near future. Um, so yeah, uh, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Justin Malari and on Twitter at Justin underscore Malari. The geek offensive has its own social media as well with the handle at geek offensive. This show is brought to you by the Geek Say What Network, so a big thank you to the network and its owner, JPG, for providing a space for us and a platform, and actually, fuck that guy, because he makes me say thank you all the time. Fuck you, Jason. <laughs> He's never done anything about it, so I just keep saying it. Anywho, uh, the network has a plethora of other plat- ugh, plethora of other podcasts available. Um, ready for download on Apple and Google podcasts and all other major plat- uh, platforms for podcasting. So Spotify, SoundCloud, we're, we're everywhere. Uh, first up, we have Ready, Set, Geek, your starting line to geek culture, hosted by Ox Catherine. And then we have our weekly trivia podcast, Geek KO, hosted by Justin Madriaga. Uh, then we have our actual play RPG podcast, Nerds on a Roll, hosted by Rob Zagar and Lauren Peterson and their whole crew and then we have uh dgif diverse geeks in focus hosted by Gemma vidal putting a lens on marginalized issues within the geek community finally we have our wrestling dedicated podcast uh again go to that one in the future for all the wrestling news and stuff i know it's been a lot of wrestling on this show a lot but it's spinning off into that show uh Pencil Neck Geeks, hosted by Berto Ponce and Elaine Dolales, uh, tagging in your inner wrestling geek. And uh, all of our shows are available for download right now. Please subscribe, comment, and rate. We really do appreciate it. Next shout-out goes to our associate producers, Wayland Productions. You can find them at wayland.ws. They provide the space for us, the equipment. They help us sound great. And please follow their audio drama, Where Live Gold Rush, which is now available on Apple Podcasts finally, our apparel sponsor, JordanDene.com. That's JordanDene.com. They're a geek apparel store at Brooklyn, New York. They're eco-friendly, and they help you look nerdy. And if you shop with the promo code geek, say what? You get 20% off your next purchase. So buy a shirt, you heathens. And make sure to tune in to Impact on Access TV. They're going to be on Tuesdays starting October 29th, uh, I know I've said that a billion times. Big thank you to everyone at Impact. Uh, Thank you to uh, Sean and Cindy at Access TV for arranging the uh, media time. Um, And hopefully I can bring you more news like that in the future. Uh, Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe to join the offensive. Thank you, everybody.